Rome wasn't built in a day and neither were downtowns in North Carolina. Don't be afraid. Make sure you stand up for yourself. Welcome back to the Women in North Carolina Government Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and this month we are speaking with Shayla Douglas, who is the Downtown and Small Business Development Manager with the Town of Gardner. Welcome, Shayla. Hi, everybody. It's so great to have you on. I actually found you through an MPA profile with UNC, and I I thought your work was really encouraging. I think Gardner is on the smaller side. It's a suburb of Raleigh, so economic development there, sometimes that can be a beast on its own, even though it's a smaller environment. Yeah, definitely. We're getting the influx of everybody moving to Raleigh, but not wanting to actually be in Raleigh. So I think over the past 10 years, the population doubled in size and has continued to, I think it's predicted to grow and double again by 2030. So a lot of growth. Yeah. So you kind of tackle that head on. So you have to think about, you have to keep that in mind whenever you're making decisions for the downtown area now. Yes. So I'll start off with how you got into this role. I saw that you had worked with Triangle J and then also Lead for North Carolina. What specifically interested you about working for the town of Gardner and aiding them in economic development in their downtown space? Yes. So when I originally went to get my MPA, I wanted to try to focus more on like town management track, but I took a economic development class the first year there in the MPA program. And I just love economic development. I love the placemaking aspects and, you know, drawing people back into a certain area. So when it was getting time for graduation, I was applying for jobs. And I seen this one, I was just like, okay, this is exactly what I want to do because it's like, I didn't want to go straight into doing the big like industrial developments and trying to do site selection and all that. I wanted to start kind of small and, you know, work my way up and learn more about business retention and recruitment. That was the big piece that we learned about in the EPA program. And so I feel like focusing on small businesses because industrial and large commercial companies don't need help. They have their staff, they have the capacity. So being able to help with small businesses really attracted me to this role. That makes sense. And then looking at your team, is your team just you or do you have other individuals that you work with on this initiative? The town's economic development department is just me and the town's economic development director. So he focuses more on, like I was saying, like site selection and um, the bigger companies and that type of development. And then I focus on small businesses and then our downtown businesses in my role. Okay, that makes sense. So you've been, I think you've been in this role about a year now? Yes, a year next week. Wow. Okay. So do you really like it? Do you imagine yourself staying in this, maybe not with the town of Gardner specifically, but within this scope of uh, local government? Yes. I love my job. I love my team. I have a great boss. I love the town. They're very proactive. Want to help everybody that they employ succeed, which is something I really like. But yeah, long-term, I would like to continue on and become an economic developer full scale. So I really enjoy it. I don't see myself leaving or going private set there anytime soon. So yeah, I can kind of relate to those feelings whenever you were talking about it's kind of almost like a family that you come into, but like a non-toxic kind of family environment where they do want to see you succeed. A lot of people in local government, they just want to help you get that leg up so you stay in local government, I think. Yeah, I can definitely I will say when I first started, which we've had a lot of transition, I think as soon as I came, the economic development director that was here, he left and then we had a vacancy until October. 
So I didn't have a boss until then, but my boss now is real great. And they're all, and even my assistant town manager and town managers, they're all very much, you know, we know you're young. We know you're, you probably won't be in this role for, for the rest of your life, but we want to help you get to where you want to go and succeed. I really like that. I love that. So going back to your work, what initiatives have you been able to take in your job? I'm sure you deal with a lot of resident voices and concerns, kind of implementing those into the town's vision for the downtown development. So we're kind of unique here is that our downtown's super small. So resident involvement isn't very much like there is some resident involvement, you know, I try to make sure that if we have events, we have one one side street as a dead end. And when we do events, you know, notifying, I try to notify, let people know who I am. Hey, we're having an event this time. The road might not, not going to be able to get to the road at this time. Most of the input that we get is from citizens. And we do have downtown residents that voice their opinions about what they want to see. So like, I think the closest one I could think of getting community input was the social district that we launched March 1st. That was kind of my baby, my first project that I took on my own because I came in, they already had some projects and then it was also coming out of COVID, still in COVID, but you know, start people are starting to have more events and I think everything has been paused here since March of 2020. So but the social district really, you know, that was, we had to get citizens input. We had to get business input, whether they wanted to be in it, as well as going with council and seeing if council wanted to approve it. So that was kind of, it was a challenge, but, you know, biggest part was having to explain what it was, how we were going to implement it and what we were going to do as far as enforcing and policing. But then once we got that through, pretty much everyone was on board with it. I worked on, I was on the young adult committee for Lincolnton, which is a little bit smaller. We were talking about the social district and I didn't realize all that went into it whenever yeah. we were planning it. And I didn't realize people cared that much about it. I thought it would just be kind of like an easy given, like you have these people going downtown and they're going to want to enjoy their beverages. And then also in turn, if they can stroll with these beverages, then that creates more economic development for the small businesses. But there are a lot of uh, almost politics at play, but really, I think it's just whenever you get into small town values, I think it's a little bit harder to implement these social districts too. Yeah. Um, I, so we're in North Carolina Main Street community. So we, the managers meet for the different towns and there's some towns that were just straight. No, we're not doing it. Even areas close to here, like Wake Forest and Fuquay decided against them. But, you know, you said trying to, hey, this is an economic development tool. This is what we're trying to portray. And, you know, I think with any small southern town, like you were saying, it's kind of once you start pushing alcohol, it's kind of a very touchy subject. So just trying to show everybody, okay, this can be very good. You know, we don't have to keep this one forever. It's ours. We can change it and craft it however we want to. We just have to try and see first. I think that was the biggest thing. But once we got over that, we've had it for going on two and a half months and we've had two big events and it's been successful we haven't had any problems so people really like it the businesses like it so and our citizens that come to the events like being able to take their drink and walk around and shop and see different vendors so yeah I really like that approach but let's just try it I think a lot of times whenever residents here that we're doing something, it sounds permanent. And that's because sometimes, it, most times it is, if you don't get leadership in there that's going to change it or like actually listen to the concerns, because 
it's harder to undo something, but I like that approach. You just kind of like, we're trying this out for our town and seeing if it works, yeah. really going to value your feedback. Yeah. And I think too, with Garner, since we we are saying, if you track it, we're five miles from downtown Raleigh. So we're often in Raleigh's shadow. And, you know, so that was one of the things that I went through trying to market the social district was, hey, we don't really have a lot down here. Let's give something to put Garner on the map. Like I said, there's other places that aren't having these and let's be one of the first places that get it rather than one of the last. And I think that was a good point as well. Plus when we did our sign creation, I was like, I don't know if you've seen downtown Raleigh's, which no offense to Raleigh, but they're kind of just like on light poles and everything. And I was like, okay, we well, know we need actual signs because if we want to do it, and we're already kind of like at a disadvantage because our downtown's so small, do it right, make them nice and make them pretty. So that way, you know, part of, you know, people want to look at nice things that goes into public art and everything, but nobody wants to look at janky signs. <laughs> like you said, it, it was a lot of little minute details that went into creating it, getting it together. I've had to go back to council twice to get it moved and the map updated and going through North Carolina ABC Commission to update all that. So it was, it's nice that everything's together now, but it was, it was, I think I started, started it when I first got here, researching and doing everything. And that was at the end of May and it didn't get passed by council until December. So long process, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, it sounds like it. I like that you even thought about the little details about like what you saw in other cities, like even the sign thing. Like I've noticed that because I recently moved to Raleigh and I was like, I could easily look past that sign because it just looks like any other like kind of street sign that you have. So it doesn't really alert pedestrians like you would think it would. Um, so yeah. I like that you thought about little things like that and even compared it to other municipalities and cities. Yeah, definitely. That's part of my job is kind of benchmarking a lot of things. Like we're not trying to which I think with a lot of Main Street communities, nobody is trying to, we're all trying to be different, but we're all also not trying to reinvent the wheel at the same time. That makes sense. I know you said this one was your baby and you can use this again if you'd like, but what project related to your job has excited you the most? I think Social District, that's definitely excited me. And we are currently working with a developer, which this had kind of started before I, I even came on but working with the developer to bring more commercial space to our downtown. I'm really excited for that, trying to configure, figure out, okay, what are we going to put here? What can we put here? So like I said, um, our downtown is really only two and a half blocks and we have no food, no restaurants. So just being excited, okay, of thinking how much if we have a restaurant on the corner of our right beside our new rec center, how much more people we can just bring in, just thinking about that. And then we're also, so like I said, with Main Street has a committee approach and they had kind of gone away with committees here and we're in the process of trying to get those back and we just reorganized and redesigned our arts committee. And so we have, the town has property that it's purchased that for the commuter rail station and that's like keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. So we're like, okay, well, we own these lots. What can we do with them? So we're currently in the process of trying to get a sculpture garden on those lots so that's something I'm really looking forward to that's coming up I like when people include the arts in the downtown spaces I think that keeps people if you have those photo ops and then that puts you on the social media map kind of it aids in that yeah, 
Yeah, so we have we have two murals downtown right now. We have one that the Hidden Figures mural that's dedicated to the prominent African American members in Garner, and then we just have one Garner mural. But prom was I think two weekends ago, and you could just see everybody out there making sure that they were getting their picture. So I definitely I am one of like, okay, yes, we need pretty things, especially like being Gen Z. Like, I'm like, okay, where people are going to come where there's pictures and there's good photo op opportunities. So we need to make sure we have those. As yeah. well as, like I said, we have a small area. So if it's small, you want to make it pretty noticeable and make it stand out. I agree. I was working on the young adult committee. They would always ask me like, what keeps y'all down here? Like they're talking about Gen Z because people move away from these areas. There's not opportunity. And it, it's also because it's not a good place to live sometimes whenever you don't cultivate that space. So I know you talked about creating like more art culture and the sculpture garden. And I know you touched on restaurants. So is that kind of be an open application process? Are you incentivizing certain people to move into these places that for the commercial property? So that's still in the works. We still haven't figured out what it's going to be. That's what our biggest, we haven't really got to that process, but what we're really looking for downtown is trying to be intentional of what we don't have, which is retail and restaurants. Almost all of our businesses are service businesses. We've done multiple market snapshots through the state commerce department. And what we need that they keep identifying is we need restaurants and retail. So trying to really focus on what can we bring here, whether it's a restaurant that has a boutique beside it or something like that, just so that we have, that's going to be a big driver down here. And that's what we're missing. So that's kind of like that puzzle piece that we need. I think the social district should help with that too. That incentivizes businesses to want to come in. Yeah. So we actually, we have no vacant spaces right now. Um, I get calls all the time of people that want to come down here. We just don't have space. So most of the the businesses here are owner-occupied. So we don't have really any turnover. So we're running out of space. So hopefully with building a new building, we'll have some more space for people. But (laughs) like I said, that's one of the challenges of being so small is once everything's filled up, it's pretty much filled up. And you have to either wait or build and it's so small, you don't really have anywhere to build either. So yeah, that's definitely a unique obstacle. I'm not sure if larger municipalities face that, but that kind of goes into my next question. What obstacles have you come across in your job that you didn't necessarily expect, or maybe you did expect and you just didn't think it would be that big? The way Garner is downtown is situated. The rec center was just opened in August of 2021, but before then there was no type of civic anchor. So, you know, usually in downtown, you have your city hall or post office or something along that. The rec center now serves as a civic anchor, but we have right in front of me, actually in front of my office, the railroad runs up into that and they own all of the property from the rail line to the front doors of almost all the main street properties. So that's a challenge because if you want to do any type of work, any type of repairs, any type of anything, you have to go through the railroad. And then on the other side of downtown, is Highway 70. And so we're kind of sandwiched in between both of those. So that's really hard. I didn't think it would be with development. Like I said, we're, I didn't think it would be where people are, you know, I'm having two or three people call me a week saying, hey, we want spaces downtown. We don't have it. And then trying to direct them to other places within Garner that you know that I'm working with Nate's economic development director, trying to figure out different places we can put them. 
because I didn't think, you know, the limited space would be that much of an issue. I think the biggest thing that I have to get through is such strong personalities. I think, like I said, uh, everybody here is very passionate about their business. A lot of them have been here for 10, 15 years. So they like a lot of things and they are very strong and opinionated about what they want. So having to navigate that of being able to know that people have their specific wants and then trying to balance, okay, what's the greater good of the full downtown? So that was like with the social district, you know, some people didn't want it, some people did. Having to go through and manage, okay, what can we do to help offset the ones that do want it and the ones that don't want it? Yeah, it's really the biggest obstacle space. That's the biggest thing that we deal with because you never know. Nobody's going to move. Nobody's going to, nobody's really building anything right now. So just that space challenge is something I didn't, I didn't think because my, I was like my hometown, it's the downtown's pretty much the same, same size as downtown Garner, but we have so many vacant buildings and it's like, oh, you could just move in there. But now it's like, I come here and I'm like, oh, you know, same amount of space, but definitely a lot higher demands. And I think also the location of downtown, we have a whole lot of different shopping centers that have the targets, which always surprises me that Garner has two targets because <laughs> I'm like, it's so small, but it's got two targets. But um, some people think the other shopping centers are downtown. So if you say, where's downtown Garner? People drive by it all the time and they don't know what it is. So I think that's been a big challenge of trying to market it and get people to no, like I went to, we help out in the high schools uh, with their business alliance. And one of the girls did an internship and she wants to be a baker. And she was like, oh, there's no bakeries in Garner. And I was like, there's been one downtown that's been open for a year. <laughs> like you need to go talk to her. But, but you know, just trying to, a lot of people don't know what we have. So being able to market and put downtown on people's radar has been a big challenge as well. Do you handle the marketing aspects or does that go through another city department? It's kind of mixed. So I do, we do have downtown Garner pages and then we also work with the town's communication department as well. So I do most of it, but they'll, the town's communication department will create some things like for our night markets, which we contract out. They did a, a media reel campaign for us. So that was real nice. I know you said you are good at benchmarking, so I'll give you a second to brag if you want to. Have you seen a lot of uh, an increase in the awareness of the downtown space since you've specifically entered this position? Yeah, so right now I'll like, I keep up with the benchmarking stuff, like actual numbers for North Carolina Main Street that I don't have to me right now, but I think, I think it's been about a thousand, there's been like, like a thousand followers since I came in last year. It's been like an additional thousand followers on like Facebook. But right now, just like for the month of May, since it's Small Business Month, and we have we only have about 17 businesses, I've been going through and posting them. And I think that's been real good exposure for a lot of the businesses down here. So we just had a bicycle and plant shop open next door. And it's in an old house that was converted to commercial space. So a lot of people have seen it and drove by and been like, oh, they still think it's a house. So we've been doing social media spotlights. Hey, this is pedal to pedal. You know, you should go in and see, you know, this is the variety. And I think he said he's had multiple people just start coming in and be like, hey, I seen the post on Facebook or, you know, people. So, and other businesses have shared it as well. Cause we have some businesses that are kind of tucked away. Like we have a distillery 
and a wedding venue, but a lot of people don't know that we have it because it's tucked back. So being able to share the posts like that and then also share if each business does an event, their own events, making sure I share those. And then we have a downtown community calendar that we update to also try to share and just promote them whenever way we can. That sounds really comprehensive. And also a thousand likes. That's a lot. I think your population's around 32,000. Yeah, 32, 34, somewhere around there. Yes, a thousand likes is a lot in comparison to that. Yeah, so I try to keep up, try to, you know, go through all like the, so I don't have any marketing background, but I try to like research and, you know, I always see post frequency, what type of things you post. And I try to put that in and make sure, okay, hey, here we go. And then trying to find other groups, like other community groups. We have a realtor in town that shares I love stuff and she also has a big following. So anything that I'll post, I'll make sure to tag her in it and then she shares it. And then so just trying to make sure that we reach multiple different groups throughout Gardner. I think sometimes, I don't know if this has been your experience, but whenever you're younger in local government, they think like the marketing aspect in regards to that is a little bit like more natural, but it is in itself like a whole new skill set you have to learn. Yeah. Because it's not just, if you just post something, it's not like it's going to get, you have to like hashtags are like their own monster cake you don't want to put too many but you don't want to not put enough and then you know when you're making graphics are you making them to be this aspect ratio so make sure they fit on instagram are you doing reels on top of the videos that you post so it's a lot and then <laughs> the i'm like you post changes all the time i feel like each time i google yeah. it, it's a different thing yeah I'm like you try to do times the post those change all the time but i just try to stay pretty consistent in what I post and always making sure that we have something posted probably at least four times a week just to make sure like I said keeping up with all the different events that we have going on because our businesses are really phenomenal with throwing their own events to bring people downtown so just trying to support them whatever way we can with that. That's really good. What would you consider on the opposite end of that spectrum since we just talked about obstacles and challenges what would you consider to be the best part of your job? I love being able to help. I think that's my favorite thing. You know, so since with my position, I serve kind of liaison with the nonprofit board that we have for the downtown. And then I'm a town employee, so I have that connection. So being able to help, okay, you need a permit or you, you need your business registration. Okay, well, I can connect you to this person and this person. Or then, you know, I go through and find them grants. Okay, this grant applies to minorities. Hey, you should apply for it. And then, you know, I've had one that wants to apply for something. They didn't really know what they needed to do. So I went, sat with him, helped him fill up the whole application. You know, like I said, marketing their business. That was the biggest thing. I think my first week here, I went around to all the businesses and talked. And, you know, all of them were saying the biggest thing they needed from me was marketing and helping promote their businesses. So helping that, helping bringing people to them. And I just, I like the relationship building. So I think last Friday, we had a group of Duke football players that came and toured downtown. And like, I was going through and showing them things. They're like, oh, you know, everybody. And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like I know everybody. I, I, I pretty much know their lives, their families and things like that. And so being able to, and I think it helps my job because you know, they see somebody that's invested and actually tries to put a relationship with you and it builds trust. So like I was telling my boss sometimes, even though I'm a town employee, 
people are a lot more comfortable coming and talking to me and would tell stuff to me that they won't tell to other town employees because sometimes they see the town as like the enemy, but they'll still speak to me. So I feel like that relationship building piece is kind of, you know, it helps with that. And then, like I said, just seeing, you know, people be grateful and thankful for any way that I've helped them just makes it worth coming in. Is that a skill set you already had whenever you entered the job or is that something you learned while you were there? Uh, relationship building? Yeah. I've, I've had like a little bit, I'm one of those people I can talk, but I don't really, I don't really like to, but if I need to, but now it's kind of been like, once I started, it became more natural because it's like, oh, hey, what are you, hey, what are you doing? And plus it's so small here that, you know, if I'm walking to the mailbox, drop something off, you see somebody that, you know, you start talking. So that's come now that I've been in it and been doing this for like a year. It's a lot easier for me. I feel like to start connecting with people because I used to be really shy and not like talking. So now I'm getting but I still would say like I'm 100 percent comfortable, but it's definitely got me out of my comfort zone a lot yeah I can imagine that that's kind of how I am it depends on what space I'm in and what mindset I have too so so one of our last work focused um, solely work focused questions often downtown development can be very overwhelming and you have a lot of ideas and needs being vocalized what advice would you give to other municipalities deciding how to prioritize their project while also remaining fiscally responsible and that resident focus lens yeah, I think the biggest thing is planning, 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 planning. So right now in Garner, we have a historic downtown Garner plan that they based about the past 15 years of growth and development around. And with that, you know, like you were saying, things aren't always fiscally possible, but don't give up on it. So like that rec center has been planned for, like I said, the past 15 years. And it just got built in 2021, but you know, <laughs> um, so, you know, being able to say, okay, well, we're not going to have the rec center this year, but what can, what can we achieve and be financially responsible? So for example, this year, they want to do the sculpture trail and it's coming back, you know, you have to pay $5,000 for this sculpture, $5,000 for this one. Okay. Well, we're not might be able to fully commit to that this year because then we're going to do RQs and you know, find artists, pay for to get the cement slabs, you know, landscaping. So what can we do in the meantime? Okay, well, what's what's something that's going to complete our mission, but also be affordable? So, okay, all right, let's look at what can we do with sidewalk art? That's cheap, you know, affordable, and also does the public art goals. Okay, we want to redo our logo. What steps can we do in the process of we're doing a logo because that's part of our art, it's part of our marketing and just trying to figure out, okay, how can we hit other goals that are still in the plan, but also not go over budget or spread ourselves too thin. So that's my biggest thing. So it's like, hey, we might not, might not do the sculpture show this year. Don't throw it away. Don't take it out your mind, but let's try to do something smaller, but it's still going to have a purpose. I've seen a lot of departments like Parks and Rec, sometimes they'll market like a master plan. So they include those bigger projects, but like they also have those smaller goals that I think are there to also improve the town, but it's also to let residents know we are working toward this eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, don't, don't, 
that's my next thing. Don't hold off on, don't just do nothing while something is on pause. Always have smaller obtainable goals that you know that you can complete. Not just always shoot for the stars because you might not always make it, but you know, always have something in your back pocket to fall back on. That's really good advice. We'll move on to the miscellaneous questions. Do you have a mentor or have you received any tips or advice from others in your field that have helped you overcome obstacles or increase your skill potential? I wouldn't say I necessarily have a mentor, but I do have, I have received a lot of advice. So part of my project in the PA school was I did Black female city managers because I knew I was going to be a Black woman going into local government. And, you know, I think they only make up 2% of all city managers across the country. So I wanted to see their experience and, you know, get feedback from them. And the biggest thing that I got from all of them was don't be afraid. Make sure you stand up for yourself. You know, make sure that you push to have your voice heard because a lot of times your voice will probably be silenced and make sure that you're not silenced and, you know, always, you know, be creative, be innovative and don't let nobody throw your sparkle. And so that's always what I've kept when going through things, even if I feel scared of something or if I'm scared to speak up knowing, okay, at least if I do it, the worst that somebody can say is no. I always try to have that mindset whenever I'm going through something or thinking about something, even if it's kind of edgy. So for example, we have our night markets. They're typically been on Fridays and I moved them to Thursdays this year. And I got a lot of backlash about it. And uh, people were saying, well, we need to change it before it starts. Thursdays aren't a good night for anybody. That's a school night. Um, So we did our first one in April. And the one in April was better than any of the ones that we had on Friday of last year. So, like I said, that goes back to, like I said, of trusting my gut. And because even my board was like, that, that's a dumb idea. That's not going to work. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, think about it. You know, there's football on Fridays. The South is big football. There's always other events going on on Fridays, Thursdays, you know, even the night market people, because they do their, they do them in Cary, they do them in Durham, they do them in Raleigh. And the night market, the owner, she was like, yeah, my best day is a Wednesday in Raleigh. So I was like, well, let's try and let's see. And then it ended up being a great turnout. So I was like, okay, that's me trusting in myself and trusting my gut. So, and not just, you know, letting other people's opinions just influence me right away and being able to like stand my ground and say, okay, well, like I said, the whole, well, let's, let's just try it and see. That's my biggest thing. Cause I'm like, everything can always be changed. Nothing's ever set in stone. So let's just try it and see. I love that mindset. Again, the just try it and see, we can always change it back. And also trusting yourself because you're going to get so many voices in your head, especially when you're working in the public sector. And it's yeah. hard to trust your gut because we're almost in people pleasing roles, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. we have to do what we know within our expertise to be true and what's going to be the best for the environment we're in. Yeah. And my role is kind of unique as well. Like I said, I'm the executive director of the nonprofit board. So I have the nonprofit board who also has two council members on it. And then I'm also, like I said, I have to answer to everybody in town. Then we have the businesses that also have their input. So it's like, there's a lot of conflicting, competing. And then even within the businesses, some of the businesses have competing interests as well. So 
having to manage all of that. But like I said, I always try to look at what's going to be the greater good for for the whole downtown rather than just focusing on, okay, this is going to benefit one group. This is going to benefit one group. So big picture. I like that. Moving on, government work can be incredibly rewarding, as we've discussed, but it's also kind of taxing on your body sometimes and your mind. It's easy to take home after you clock out. What specifically do you like to do for self-care to ensure you show up best for your residents, your team, and yourself? Yes. So I know, like you said, a lot of people take it home. I try my hardest to not take work home because I know that that will drain me. So I know I have, when they gave me the option, when I came, okay, you can have, we can use your cell phone and give you a stipend or you can, you know, have, we can provide you a phone. I was like, provide me a phone at five o'clock. My phone's, my phone's, I'm not picking it up for the rest of the day. I'm not, I'm not checking emails on the weekends. Um, and that's not to, unless there's like an event going on, something like that's going on, or if it's somebody like I might, but I don't try to become overconsumed and not water myself. If I water myself, if I don't water myself, I'm not going. I'm going to be burnt out, and I'm not going to be able to help anybody do anything because I'm going to hate coming to work and hate my job and hate my life, and I don't want that. So I try to do uh, a lot of different things. I do therapy once a week, not even just with government work, but just life can be draining. So just, you know, making sure that I have that outlet mentally. Um, my job is great with, they give us 20 minutes a day paid that we can just go on walks. So most days I'll go get up from my desk, go walk 20 minutes, try to keep with that physically. And then I just try to make sure I keep up with my hobbies. Like I love to read. I do my own nails. Like when I get off today, that's my Main thing if I'm going to my nails, pictures, photography, things like that, just making sure that I have time for myself just to relax and not think about work because I feel like if I let work run me, like you said, it can be taxing and it would just make it not a fun job to come into anymore. Yeah, I've been in that situation. So I've been able to recognize when I lose my hobbies, I don't have time for those anymore. I need to take a reality check because things are about to get bad. Yeah. I picture as watering myself and growing and, you know, if you go, like, I love flowers, but, you know, if a plant beside you is dying, it can take down the rest of, like, you know, a whole rose bush, but I'm not trying to take anybody down. I'm not trying to, like, lift everybody up, but if I can't, I can't water you if I don't water myself. Like I said, I try to maintain hobbies and coming out of grad school, that was kind of my thing that I struggled with, especially when I first started, you know, having such a my first real grown-up job quote-unquote and then you know I'm so focused on school for the past you know 17 years of my life but that became such a big thing so then I was like trying to force and pivot myself to be okay what do I like that's not school related so and trying to really dive into that and going with the copies that I currently have trying out new things like me and my boyfriend are trying tennis now <laughs> so just trying to find different ways to express myself that aren't work related. I also cut off the news. That was my, like my boss will come in and talk to me about the news. And I'm just like, I have everything. I might get like the occasional like Apple news. That's like when it's something big happens, like, like the, I think the last thing I got was like the cheese going to the Super Bowl, but I don't really try to look at news either. I know that it might be bad, but I'm just like, that's something that I do protect my mental. Cause I'm like, especially after pandemic, I was just like, the news is very draining. 
no matter, it's not like a network or a politics thing. It's just no matter where you go, it's very depressing. So I try to not like limit myself, but you know, I also do social media breaks a lot as well, just because, especially being young and then like we have, I have, you probably experience the same thing. I have a lot of friends that are private sector, work for big companies and it's like very different from what I do. And I feel like comparison can be the thief of joy. So I try to just not compare. And if I feel like I get to where I'm comparing myself to other people too much, I'll just like go off the grid and try to focus. And like I said, what are myself? And then if I, when I'm back feeling like myself, then I'll download my apps back again. Yeah. I didn't think I was one of those people that thought social media didn't bother me that much until I took my first break and I was like, Oh, I feel so much better. I didn't even know I had all of that going on up there. Yeah. Cause it's just like, you know, it makes you, it's subconscious. Like I was the same way. I was like subconscious. It makes you question where you're at in life, your appearance, things like that. Like some people it doesn't, but I think for most people subconsciously, it's going to affect how you view yourself in some way. So I'm like, once I start feeling down on myself, I'm like, nope, it's, it's gone for a month. And then if I feel better, then I'll come back. But like, I think at the end of 20, I just did one right before my birthday for a month and a half, which was like March to April. And then my last finals from UNC, I was off for like two months just because like, I just need to focus on myself. And like, like social media is just like you focus on other people. So completely went off so and I noticed you mentioned tennis if you haven't tried pickleball my partner and I played that and that's much more fun than tennis for me personally because it goes much quicker yeah I keep seeing it but I I have to learn um uh, which I guess I'm having to learn tennis too but I'm definitely have to because like I've seen like people are taking the tennis courts and making them pickleball courts and then like we have like a pickleball league at the town but it's like seniors and like they are in there like getting it and I'm like this does look fun so I'll definitely have to put that on my list to try yeah I I've only heard it among like senior populations and then once I started like uh get moving more towards like Winston-Salem and Raleigh younger people play it and I'm like this is actually more fun than tennis because the tennis ball goes too many places for me whereas like you're confined to like a way smaller court for pickleball so I can personally enjoy that a little bit more because I can actually play the game then yeah I'm definitely, I don't want to, I'm like the type of person that I'm like, okay, I can be active for like a little bit, but after a while, I'm like, okay, this is why I wasn't an athlete. (laughs) (laughs) So pickleball definitely will probably be better. I'll move on to our last question. What advice would you give to women or anyone in general wanting to work in community development slash the downtown and small business development for local governments? I would say be open you're going to hear lots of different ideas. You're going to hear lots of different thought patterns that are different than yours. And, you know, sometimes you might be like, well, I don't like that idea. And it actually be a great idea. So just be open to hearing and pursuing ideas that are different from your own. Be creative. Not everything is going to have a turn and key solution. So you're going to have to be creative, like be creative and find different ideas, different events and different strategies to solve problems. And be persistent. I think, like we were talking earlier, Rome wasn't built in a day and neither were downtowns in North Carolina. So um, revitalizing them is not going to happen. And one day you're not going to have a brewery come and probably, you might, but you know, you're not going to have a brewery and a full downtown condos 
and be revitalized in a week. So, you know, like I said, plan goals and plan them far enough out that you are able to see progress. But also, you know, if something doesn't work out at a certain time, that doesn't mean it's never going to work out. So, you know, just keep trying and seeing how it will fit in to your plan. And I guess my last thing really is network, network, network. And I know everybody always says that, but just being in this role for just the year that I've been in, networking gets you so far as far as ideas. It gets you connections of how, you know, connections with different businesses that can assist you, different contractors, you know, and then just advice from my boss, I was able to, I went to the North Carolina Main Street Conference and he was like, hey, my, my friend Tiffany's there. You should meet her. So I was able to meet and connect with her, have a good conversation with her. Turns out she lives right back on her, you know, and they both, okay, well, we're going to get lunch, you know, and she's a black woman that's doing economic development, exactly what I want to do. So being able to, okay, that's somebody that I have in my back pocket if I have questions or if I want to know more about that can help assist me. And just like with the business owners, networking with them, you're able to get connected into other circles as well. And like I said, with the relationship building, I have people that are downtown. Like I, I blew a tire one time. They were like, hey, next time something happens, call me. We'll come help you change it. So just networking, even on the personal level and on the business level, will really take you far. That is really valuable. Yeah, I think that's one of the things we hear a lot, but because you hear it so much, maybe you don't do it or maybe people don't yeah. do it sometimes. Um, so I think that's really valuable advice. Thank you so much for being on today. I really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I thought it was so enlightening and I hope that'll be insightful to other people as well. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out to me. I never checked LinkedIn. That was the first time I did. I should probably check it more. I don't say I'll check it forever, but I check it like once a week and I was like, oh my goodness, I would love to do this. So thank you for reaching out.